0: Playgrounds, right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. We're at LiveParanormal.com. We're at iHeartRadio.com. We're at Google Podcasts, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Player FM, Blog Talk Radio. There are more and more that I have not memorized yet, and I should because I've been here for a really long time. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host here in Los Angeles, I'm a performing artist, and this is Haunted Playground, where we discuss everything outside of the three-dimensional box. Uh, whether you believe in life after death or you think there's a Loch Ness Monster in your above-ground swimming pool, it belongs right here on Haunted Playground. Now you know about me. You can find me at chinametalspiritual.com. You know about Haunted Playground. You can find us at hauntedplayground.com. And now what you know is that every week on the show, I gather folks that I believe should be the brightest and most beautiful and loveliest minds and hearts and souls in both the spiritual and the paranormal community. And we talk about everything that lies in the beyond, everything outside of our earthbound lives. And uh, today I had the pleasure a couple of weeks ago of sitting in on a paranormal investigation with um, these two amazing paranormal investigators and sensitives. They've got a YouTube channel that's called Mackie and Amanda, and they're totally great, and I'm so proud to know them and excited to get to know them more. Please welcome to the show Amanda Ray and Mackie Albertson. How are you both? It's wonderful to have you here. Hi,
1: Hi Thank you so much for having us on. We are so, so excited. Oh, my God. I'm so glad to have you guys here. You're so lovely, and I love um, having you
0: out at the <laughs> Newland House which is one of my favorite paranormal locations in the world, in my hometown of Huntington Beach, California. And I always, every time I'm at the Newland house, because I'm kind of a history buff, um, in addition to the paranormal, I love the historical side of it. And all I can think about is how that house once sat there, right, and everything around it that we know of Huntington Beach was nothing but the property of that house. And it was just sitting there waiting to get old and haunted. Oh my gosh! I mean, the Newland House is always my dream
2: location to go to because I grew up in Huntington, also. So just hearing stories, I I dreamt of getting in there. And then, of course, when me and Amanda started doing this, we're like that house or something with that house. So it was such a dream come true for us to
0: get in there. Yeah, it's completely fascinating, right? So, so Mackie, tell us about tell me about how you got involved in the paranormal? What is it about the paranormal? Because I think we all have some kind of an experience of some kind, right? And then it just sort of gets under our skin and we can't get rid of it. We just can't quit it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, mine started because I was born and raised in a haunted house. So I started out having more negative experiences as a young child. So I was actually terrified of all of it pretty much my entire life. And then when I was 18 or nineteen, one one of my best friends actually passed away and so after he passed away we actually started having some experiences with him and I just remember after the first experience with him I was instantly my whole perspective changed on all of it and I wanted to know more I wanted to get more in touch with that side and just get further into it and so from there I started doing TikTok on a completely different subject, but my house has always been haunted, like I said. So I'd be in my garage, which is one of the hot spots, and people watching my TikToks would see in the background some weird stuff happening. So they ended up wanting to know more history on my house and what I've grown up with there. So that's how I started getting into more of the paranormal stuff on YouTube. And that's when I met Amanda, and
0: here we are now. (laughs) Isn't it interesting how the more you get into it, the more it follows you? It's almost like a paranormal muscle, right? The more in shape you get, the more it follows you, and the more you're doing, the more it knows. So I have recently moved back into my childhood home two months ago. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of a remodel, which we know remodels are also paranormal hotbeds, right? Whenever you start moving stuff around. I know how haunted this town is because I hear the stories, and I've, you know, lived here on and off since I was 13. Um, so I have a new rule now in this house. I don't watch anything paranormal at all after dusk. I can do what I want during the day I can talk about what I want during the day, but as soon as the sun sets, man, it's all uh, crime shows and Food Network, and I don't I don't do it in the house because I also have a kitten, and kittens are also like a paranormal hotspot, right? So, we, I don't want to
1: invite it in for
0: me. I don't want to invite it in for him. Once once you've sort of been touched by the paranormal, it sticks with you, right? You, it's like you become susceptible to it, like it knows you're there. Totally, I think like. Um...
2: I always tried to block it out because I was so scared of it so the experiences were a lot more few and far between but then the more I started embracing it it's like everything's just so much more active in my house and whenever me and Amanda go places it's just crazy active but luckily now it's a lot because I'm not scared of like the negative thing anymore a lot of it now in my house is just like normal spirits coming and going or so I've been told by Amanda <laughs> right so we kind of pro- well, we're kind lucky. of feed into it sometimes and like try to talk to it so it's a little different like I definitely don't try to shut it out oh, in my okay. house
0: but <laughs> oh, okay. we just
2: kind of go for it
0: <laughs> you know, I grew up in such a, a violently active haunted house when I was like in elementary school and going into junior high um, on the East Coast. And so I, I, I'm happy to have it anywhere else. I don't want it in my own space. Um, for all the work that I do as a psychic and as a medium and as a healer, I feel like it doesn't belong in my space. So that doesn't mean that I can't tap into people's dead relatives because that's a whole different kind of work than being haunted. Um, because um, the relationship you have with the dead that you work with, I think is is very um, reciprocal. So I tell all the relatives and that whatever spirits I deal with in my work, um, when the, you know when I say the door is open, y'all come in. When I say the door is closed, good night until tomorrow, and they're all very very respectful of that. But I think when there's stuff that's in a house, it doesn't belong to you. You don't make the rules. You have to, like, it's, it's a different kind of relationship, right? So I I don't do anything to encourage it um, because I just don't want that sort of negativity around me because I have to have so much positivity around me to do all of this work. But I admire that you guys do it. I have friends that are investigators. They do ghost <laughs> box in their house. They do pendulum in their house. They do spirit board in their house. Um, you know, God love them, but I <laughs>
1: Yeah, You know what, I'm too traumatized. Yeah, from I that childhood I, totally, oh. I totally agree. Amanda? I grew up with a, I think, hello? Hi. Oh, can you guys hear me? Uh-huh. I can. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, no, I totally agree. I think growing up with a similar story to you, I my childhood home had some pretty violent hauntings. We ended up moving out when I was 12 years old because of it. It's, so, so important to set those boundaries and doing stuff in my home makes me a little nervous too.
2: Yeah. Right. I mean, yes, I'm always nervous doing my right. house too, but, oh, sorry. I, I feel better <laughs> so, when Amanda's there because it's something negative. Oh, shoot. Can you guys hear me?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Weird. All right, well, when Amanda's there, I feel more comfortable because she has such, like, a handle on it, I feel like. If I were alone, I definitely wouldn't be, like, doing the type of you Amanda do. But with her, I just feel so comfortable because she's, like, had so much experience since she did grow up with the negative things. She has so much experience with it. So I feel comfortable that she can handle it. But it's always nerve-wracking
0: regardless. <laughs> Well, of course, yeah, it's always it's always hard, right? I mean, it's, it's interesting that the two of you have that similar history of growing up in active places, and it's also interesting how the difference in folks who grow up in a place that um, is active but not negative, and those who grow up in places like Amanda and I that are active and negative, um, it's a whole different kind of feeling about that house and about haunted houses in general. And, You know, when I was little, you didn't tell people. And nobody talked about it. There weren't any shows. The only movies out were like the original, horror and the exorcist and other stuff that was designed to scare the shit out of you. So we didn't, um, we didn't have the same kind of support system. So we just didn't talk about it. And when the, when the 90s, the 2000s started and the shows started emerging, um, I started reaching out to folks kind of as therapy and having them on my radio shows kind of to see, like, um, you know, how they felt. Now, at that time, I was super in the closet with my sexy gifts. I had seen my mom struggle with hers, and I thought, you know what, I don't need to tell anybody about that. And so I didn't tell anybody I grew up in a haunted house. And when I started interviewing people that had, um, you know, people that had been on, like, Paranormal Survivors or um, a Haunting or whatever shows on TV – I would tell them I grew up in a house, too, just so they would knew, know that I believed them and I wasn't going to be one of those skeptical weirdos. And I kind of got pulled to this whole world of people who um, were a whole community, right? Paranormal survivors, I like to call us, because we grew up in these haunted houses and we're different forever because of it, right, Amanda? I mean, had you not grown up in that place, you might not be as in touch
1: with your gifts now. I would say, like, you are are absolutely spot on with that. And for me, I didn't have anyone else in my family. Like, you saying that your mom also has gifts, what a blessing yeah. to grow up with somebody else so close to you who can just validate what you're seeing and let you know you're not insane. Because <laughs> I love how you said you were kind of closeted about your gifts. It was oh so, God, so yeah. similar for me. So, yeah, I just think, like, I resonate so much with that. And um, for me, my mom didn't know for a long time if what I was saying was really happening. Um, I, before I could speak, would draw the things that I was seeing around the house. And then when I finally did start talking, I would describe these, like, entities, this one in particular. And so for a long time, my mom, who wasn't seeing the things that I was seeing, was kind of hoping, you know, it's one of three things. Either I'm making it up for attention because I have an older brother, Um, I really am seeing the things that I'm describing, or I need to be in a white padded room and a little jacket on. So she didn't know what to believe for a long time, and it wasn't until I was around five that something undeniable happened, and that was when we started working towards trying to clear the house. And I, like there, I grew up in the 2000s, but we had the movies, you know, The Exorcist, and like you said, the ones that designed this really scare you. There was no my uh-huh. child seeing the dead for dummies, so she didn't know what to do. And that first step that she took was calling a Catholic priest, and we're not Catholic. <laughs> But they, she thought that too does home blessings or exorcisms or whatever we're gonna need to get this thing in the house under control. And it was when I was around that age that we started really going to battle with this entity that stayed in the house and tormented me. We never really got a handle on it, and that's why we ended up moving out of the house.
0: Yeah, I don't. And you know what we did too. We we my, my dad got transferred out here. And like so many paranormal stories, like yours, right, we left the house, and that's how it ended. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you guys an interesting story. So I know we talked about this when I was with you at the Newland house. Um, my uh, One of my best friends is Andrea Perrin, who's the oldest daughter from the Perrin family that's the subject of the first Conjuring movie. And um, she's starting a new show, and I'm a guest on one of her first episodes. It's not out yet. And they wanted to talk about the fact that we're both paranormal survivors because I use that term all the time. She's kind of my best paranormal survivor friend. So they asked me to go and research the house outside of Baltimore and find it. And weirdly enough, I had to come reconnected with my best friend from elementary school who still lives in that area. She lives in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania now. So she said, hey, do you want me to go take pictures of the house? My mom still lives in the area. And I said, yeah, please. So when we lived there, the house was perfectly normal from the outside. It just was terrifying on the inside. Well, now there's like ivy and vines grown up all over it. It looks like nobody's lived there in forever. And um, oh gosh. I looked it up on So, and the listing price for them trying to sell it is the same exact price my parents sold it for in 1980. And we know oh. that never happened. <laughs> oh, my god, don't watch this house. And I think it's because it now looks as ugly on the outside as it did on the inside. Like the day we moved in there, the next door neighbor's yard caught on fire. We like literally were moving into the house and there were flames sweeping across the neighborhood. And, you know, everything was trying to tell us not to live there. But my father, and this is often the case, right? My father became obsessed with the house. My mother hated the house, but my father became obsessed with it, and he just wouldn't take no for an answer. And he hated leaving it because he loved that house because it treated him really well and it, it beat us up, you know. But that is something yeah. that, that, that negative spirits do sometimes, right?
1: right. Is your dad um, at all sensitive to the spirit world, or did he have any experiences living in that home? My dad was the complete
0: opposite. So here's why we were the perfect storm for paranormal. My mom was an untapped psychic, which meant she knew she had gifts, but she didn't really talk to anybody about them, and she didn't know what they were. At that time, she came out about her gifts when we moved out here. My father was, was probably, would most definitely have been diagnosed on the autism spectrum if he had been of a different generation, and I was in puberty. So it's like the three main things that flagged the paranormal, right? And there we all were together. And my parents didn't have a great marriage. My dad didn't really get along with anybody, including us. So that we weren't, like, a tight family. My mom and I were extremely tight. But, man, when we lived in that house, we were at each other's throats constantly. Mackie, did, did that ever happen to you when the house was haunted? Was there ever, like, infighting in the, between the family with you guys oh. in that house? Oh, my gosh. Always. Literally, like, the worst.
2: There was always a lot of fighting, like, growing up. And that's when, it's like, the, the negative spirit was, like, basically – harassing me at night where I was terrified to go to sleep and so whenever we'd my parents would be arguing is when I'd noticed the most paranormal activity and all through those years probably like I'd say four through age 11 is when the most fighting was happening and the most activity with the negative thing there in the house was happening so I definitely noticed that yeah When that's going on, it definitely makes, like, the energy in the house worse. And now, however many years later, like, the issues that were happening back then with, like, with my family are just pretty much completely under control. It's kind of like how you're saying with your dad, like, how he didn't, like, get along and that type stuff. So, that's kind of how my dad was. Now, he's way different, like, way calm, like, super happy and so the negative spirit I feel like is a lot more calm than it was back then even from when I that met Amanda I feel like it's calmed down a lot
0: well and probably some of the negative stuff has gotten bored because no one in the family's playing and it's just left I mean that happens sometimes right so sometimes if the yeah. spirits don't have anybody to mess with they'll move on to someone else because they they really want someone to mess with
2: and I was definitely the person it would mess with because I was so scared of it. but when my friend passed away, that's pretty much the time where I'm like, you know what? I'm not scared of this thing anymore. It can't do anything to me. like I have more power over it. And so whenever Amanda, I remember the first time Amanda ever came over, it tried to it tried to turn on the lights in the courtyard. I don't know if you remember this, Amanda, but it's turning the lights on and off, trying to scare us. And all of us sitting there, we started laughing at it. And we're like, okay, basically, like, saying, like, is that all? Or we said something, but we were just laughing at it. And then it just completely stopped. And Amanda said it walked off. So it's like it was really just looking for a reaction. And growing up, I gave it that reaction. And then when I stopped, I feel like you can't do anything now. Yeah,
0: that's true. Totally true. How long has your family been in Huntington Beach, Maggie? Oh,
2: I mean, my mom was born and raised in Newport, and then she moved to Huntington. I, they, my parents have been in this house for 32 years. So my mom moved from Newport directly to Huntington, and my dad's been there. My dad's been there for probably 40 years, but in that house, 32 years, almost 33 years. Wow.
0: Okay. All right. So they're, so they're both local to the area. Did, you know, it's funny because people probably talk about it a lot now, but... When I was a kid growing up here, well, a teenager growing up here, um, you know, especially my mom, because people knew, I think, she was open to things, even though she didn't talk about her gifts, because we always had, like, fairies and dragons and stuff all over the house, um, because we're Irish. But people would, like, take my mom aside and tell her something, and then she'd say, well, you know, I can't tell you, because your friend's forming a secrecy, and I'd be like, okay. And then years later, my friend would say, oh, I was telling your mom that my house was haunted. Like, every time it was somebody wanted to go to my mom and confess that the house was haunted. And, um, I mean, who knew in Huntington Beach? But when you think about it, right, think most of us who live in Huntington actually live at or below sea level. And then we have the Bolsa yeah. Tika, which is like the major, major Indian burial ground. And the top of uh, the hill here, the top of Edwards Hill was all shamanic ground. So it's really not surprising that there's so much activity here. But I think when I was growing up here it was very um evangelical Christian. Most people were. Um not my family but most. So nobody even if they saw stuff like that would talk about it. So it must have been kind of a scary time for people. At least um in my house I could talk to my mom about everything I felt anywhere, you know? Yeah. Because my
2: my parents they never they they're christian but they believed in spirits was the type thing where they're like there's nothing here you don't talk about it like there's not those type spirits here so they never believed it like growing up at all until my friend passed away and they had those experiences with them and they like completely changed around like their entire mindset on all of it so it's nice now because it was really hard back then to have to like be so scared and not have anyone to talk to about it without something you dramatic yeah. or whatever. But yeah, so that, that was probably even scarier because I didn't know, I just didn't know what was happening, but I, like no one really talked about it around here until I, it's so clear in my head. I think it was my sophomore or junior year when things were like pretty active. One of my close friends who lives in the neighborhood directly behind mine I overheard her saying something to one of her friends about her house being haunted. And I was like, wait, your house is haunted? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, my house is haunted. And she's like, well, you know that our houses are built on the native American burial ground. Right. So that was the first time I had ever heard of that. And I'm like, that makes so much sense of what's like, why it's so active here.
0: Yeah. And I think it might be the whole, the whole of Huntington Beach is some kind of a something. I know the Bolsa Chica is because that's the reason that they can't build on it. They can't they can't develop the Bolsa Chica because they found a ten thousand year old burial bowl there. But I also think it oh might just God. be all of Huntington Beach. I put a post up on Facebook a couple months ago saying I've just moved back to Huntington Beach. I'm a psychic medium. I'm interested to know the haunted history. Oh, my God. People sent me so many stories, you guys. I couldn't read them. They were literally scaring the crap out of me. I had to stop reading the real points. <laughs> I read the ones. That like, oh, the and they're like, I love to hear them. We'll have to get together one day and read them all. Some of the stories, this woman was, like, telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, where do you live? And she was, like, two streets away from me. And I'm like, don't want to know, don't want to know. Because I want to have, like, a sacred space I can live in where I don't have to have that traumatic PTSD. Amanda, do you feel like that too? I mean, do you all just want to live in a place that you at least have a place where you can go and shut the door and be safe from it all because you see it and feel it everywhere?
1: Yeah, I definitely, that's something I struggle with. Uh, growing up in that house with that one entity, I didn't even know that there were other spirits in the world until I was 12 years old. I was living in a completely different um, city, and all of a sudden it was like a completely different world. I stopped seeing that one demonic thing and I started seeing people's like relatives who had passed away. So I didn't even know that that was an option until I was like older. So for the last few years, I've kind of been dealing more with that and it wasn't until Mackie and I started doing these investigations like at the Newland house where I'm going out and kind of, seeking things out before, I just completely tried to shut it down. So my house was super quiet. I really didn't experience things a lot unless I was out in the world, and it was other people's relatives coming up to speak to me. And I feel like since Mackie and I have started um, investigating more and traveling to more places, you really do have to set that boundary so you can have your sacred space. And, of course, I, I don't sage, personally. I had a really bad experience with it, like, once or twice. So it just kind of scared me off. So I was, like, looking to other cleansing techniques. But I think cleansing techniques and setting the boundaries and their spirit, so they're respectful. Like, I always say they were people once, too, you know. So I feel like if I, they come at night and I'm like, hey, you need to leave. I'm trying to go to sleep. Now is not the time. Like, why don't you come just like you do? Like, why don't you come back in the day? But it's dark right now. I can't deal with this. Um, and most of the time they're like, all right. And they leave and sometimes they come back, sometimes they don't. But setting that intention to have your own space is so important because it is draining.
0: Absolutely. You're so right. And and people who are coming to communicate with clients, with Maybe somebody you haven't met yet that's going to be a client with with their um their their human companions and animals coming back. they're all so respectful because they're not here to scare you. they want you to help them so they're gonna be as cool as possible every once in a while you run into one who's aggressive, but it's more like an annoying aggressive than it is like they're scary. If something comes in it really totally. scares you it's it's not good and you know clients say to me all the time and what I do. You know, these radio broadcasts. I do video broadcasts. I do a talk show once a week. People will say things like, "Oh, if um this thing came and it, you know, the the, the dog won't come in the room now, and I can't sleep, and something's laying down on me and pressing on me while I sleep. Is it my grandma?" <laughs> 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 that's, that's
2: like. I hate I to, to, you. to you that yeah.
0: yeah, unless grandma was <laughs> like super evil, that's not grandma. So it's interesting how people just wonder, because the truth is, spirits that love you are not going to scare you. Sometimes accidentally they might scare you, but they don't mean to. Like my mom, my mom got older to stop driving. So she didn't come up to the valley where my other house is and see me. And I had a cat up there that i would had for a few years, but my mom had never met her face to face. So when my mom died, the day after my mom died, I was up there, and all of a sudden the cat starts jumping around because, you know, she's seeing somebody she doesn't know. And it was a little scary for a couple of days, but then she calmed down. That kind of thing is normal, but um, but not, you know, ongoing six months, a year of terror. That, that's not your grandma. Right? That's, that's something totally different. <laughs> so, Amanda, how did you and Mackie meet and realize that you both have this love for the paranormal?
1: It's, it's actually so funny. So I live down in San Diego. She lives up in Huntington. So it's not like we're neighbors and we just happen to run into each other. But the Internet sometimes is a great thing. And we met on TikTok, actually. We, um, I posted a TikTok when I was 19 years old. It was kind of the first time I ever I didn't even tell, my mom and I are very close, didn't even tell my mom I was going to post about it, but I thought, I know that there are, like, if I was going through this at such a young age, I know that there are other people out there in the world, whether it's a mom looking for help for their kid, or it's the kid themselves who's experiencing these things, who, like, might need help, or even just somebody to talk to, because I think that Had I had somebody who validated me from the beginning and let me know it was okay, just somebody to talk me through it, maybe my experience would have been way different. So I thought I could be that for somebody else. And at 19, I decided to post that TikTok about it, just sharing a little bit of my childhood story. And Mackie saw it and DM'd me and said that she grew up in a haunted house and asked me if I would ever... Be willing to come and like check it out and tell her what was there and I had never done anything like that of course your wow. mom tells you don't go and meet a stranger on the internet so I and thought, let me just let me just say real quick I had never DM'd a stranger on the
2: internet either <laughs> this was the only time
1: <laughs> and I thought this is exactly how I get murdered like my mom told me this I watched all of those <laughs> dateline shows like Going and meeting a stranger on the internet, she's like, Steven even texts me. She's like, I promise, like, I'm not a murderer. And I'm like, now I know she definitely is.
2: <laughs> you show up, it's just me. Yes,
1: <laughs> so I, I show up, and it's Mackie, and we ended up just, like, right away, hit it off, and had an amazing, like, time in her haunted house, which is such a weird thing to say. So we ended up just hanging out, and then later on, decided to start a channel together because... I mean we were investigating anyways so why not do it together and then post it on youtube to share it with other people
0: i love that it's kind of it's really taken off for you guys because huh? there's so many people that need help and there's so many people that are interested and there's so many people around the world i think that either have psychic gifts or have had a paranormal experience or are interested in the paranormal and for whatever reason, they don't live in the Los Angeles area. They don't live in New York or London or Paris or somewhere where you can talk about it. They live in very remote areas where they're very religious communities sometimes where they're scared to tell anybody, right? And and the Internet and social media has been just like a lifesaver for them.
2: Totally. I completely agree. So we get a lot of comments on basically all of our videos of people saying just that. Like I've had these experiences since I was little or seen these things and I've never heard anyone else talk about it so there's definitely so many people out in
0: the world that
2: experience this type stuff
0: yeah it's the same, you know, I always thought everybody, especially growing up in the entertainment business I thought if I ever told anybody that I was a psychic or that, you know, I'd grown up in a haunted house, people would have like laughed me right out and the phone would have stopped ringing But it it actually, I mean, I waited a long time because I I did it, you know, at first only my friends knew, and then I worked, did psychic work, but I did it very much on the down low, and it it didn't cross over into my real life. And then it it got to the point where psychics were coming on my show and kind of outing me, like, so what are you going to tell everybody about you? And I hadn't even told them. They just (laughs) could not tell because we all just kind of feel each other. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm I'm just sensitive. They're like, come on. So finally, I just kind of got shamed out, and um, and then I decided after my mom died in 2016. Um, well, I decided she kind of decided from beyond and told me, you know, now's your time, kids. You've got to do this with your life, and um, it's kind of the most beautiful thing I've ever done. I, I always tell people on my on my show that it's kind of like now I wear my underwear on the outside. This this is always who I was, but now people see it. And, um, yeah, it's been the best thing, It's kind of like really living your authentic life and every part of you, I don't have any more parts of me that are hidden. And I think that that's so important. And then I opened my spiritual practice. I thought, look, I'm gonna hang out my single, who knows if anybody will ever come, but at least I can say I did it. And it's just taken off like a shot. And especially during COVID, I think people have really needed someone to talk to. And, um, you know, I grew up, my mom was not just a psychic medium, but she also worked with the most disturbed kids and was a child therapist. My grandma was a psychologist. So I have that background in my family as well. So it's not like I'm going to tell you some crazy stuff like, oh, my God, you've got to get, you know, 45 shamans and set your couch on fire. Like, I'm, I think as a psychic, I'm very practical because for me, and I don't know how you two feel when you tap into spirit, into universe, but to me, the God energy is actually very linear and very practical um, you're not getting a lot of, like, crazy messages back. It's all pretty much stuff that makes sense. You just have to figure out how to make the logic work to do you. Do you feel that way, Matthew? Do you consider yourself to be gifted? I mean, you are, but, I mean, do you admit that to yourself? Um, I would just
2: say that, well, I've always been an empath, like, even with people. So I have that, and then I think I'm just, sensitive to it all or for some reason I feel like they're like, spirits are just attracted to me where they just I don't make themselves known in some sort of way to me. Like I'm not like a man that sees them like twenty four seven or anything like that. But definitely like some sort of sensitivity. Like I, I hear them a lot and occasionally, like on rare occasions, like I'll see a shadow that Amanda sees or something like that. So I think I'm just more empathic and sensitive so uh, whatever
0: that is yeah yeah well but I think yeah. being an empath is probably the most important I don't know if you agree with me Amanda but I think being an empath is the most important psychic gift that there is Maggie because if you're right. a psychic if you're a psychic or you're a medium or you're a clairvoyant or wherever you are but
1: you have no empathy
0: To me, your gifts are basically worthless.
1: You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say the same thing. If you can't be empathetic towards other people and understanding, like, our gift, it is such a gift to be able to help these people. But it's also such a responsibility to know the time of place and also people's boundaries, to have respect for not only the person who is going to be receiving the message, but, like, the spirit also, just it it involves so much respect and understanding for people that you truly cannot be a medium or helpful unless you're, like, empathetic. Yeah.
0: I agree. I agree. And I think also for people, when people come to me and they want me to mentor them or they want to take classes for how to grow their gifts, the first gift you've got to grow is your empathy. And, and the first thing you've got to get control of is your empathy because you're never going to be a sane and balanced person and do spiritual work if you don't have your empathy under control because feeling all that stuff, not all living people's stuff, all dead people's stuff, the energy of everything, the earth spirits, the elementals, the interdimensionals, the extraterrestrials, the angelic, the God energy, your spirit guides, you have got to learn how to not take that all in, or you're going to wind up wait, like in a mental hospital a year. Wait, that's actually
2: so crazy that you're saying all this because I literally like Amanda. Do you remember the conversation we had the other day? It, it was literally about this because I've just like I've always taken in so much energy from other people, mainly like bad, where it's, I let it affect me so much to the point where I. Like, I physically stress myself out and mentally, like, push myself overboard. So the other day I was talking to Amanda. I've just been dealing with all this stuff so, like, heavily lately. And so I called Amanda. I'm like, yeah, like, I actually just reached out to this therapist that works with Empath to try and find a way to get it under control and try to, like, find a way to put up a shield so I don't absorb everyone else's energy like this. So that's just crazy that you just brought that up because...
1: Exactly. Yeah. What I yeah. so we talked about so like how important grounding is and cleansing yourself, kind of doing yeah. that stuff yeah. and separating your own emotions from those that you're feeling from whether it's other people or the spirits that are around you, like separating and protecting your own faith and energy from theirs. Yeah. Oh so God, crazy. I gonna say such a
0: huge part of my practice. First of all, is doing energetic healing cleanses and chakra balancing for folks who have allowed too much toxicity to build up in their chakra system, which happens from not filtering out things you don't need. Another huge part of my practice, helping people get control of their empathy. Another huge part of my practice is helping people who are empath to not give to the point where they're being taken advantage by every taker in the universe. I mean, I think so much, you know, I feel like as a spiritual practitioner, um, your healing work finds you right so what what you're the best at those clients will find you and what a big part of my practice seems to be about um, people being happy in spite of all that they take in learning not to take so much in learning not to be givers at the um, at the at the at the the risk of compromising their own sanity um, people who can't yeah. deal with a dark energy in a house i mean whatever the story is you know um there's so much of that and so many empaths out there that are unhappy that need to get control of their own stuff right it's so important yeah i definitely need to come see you
2: because <laughs> that's literally like everything i've just been struggling with so much
0: yeah it's so common honey it's very like pleasant. mind-blowing yeah, and you know what? My mama was such a severe empath, and it, she used to always say, it just gets worse as you get older, kids and, and it does, because mine is much bigger now than when I was in my 20s. Um, it, it, gets, it grows as your gifts grow, right? And if you don't deal with it, I mean, towards the end of my mom's life, I mean, my whole mom's life, she spent a lot of time in the house because going out someplace, like I remember we used to go to um, – uh, Robinson's, well, even before that, when it was the May Company, before it was Robinson's May, which is now Macy's, and we would go to the one in the Westminster Mall, and every time we were looking for clothes for me for school, there would be this little girl that would follow her around and say, Mom, 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 and she would always turn around thinking it was me, and I'd be, like, halfway across the store. Um, it, It became disturbing after a while that she couldn't go to the store without this little girl following her around because her voice was so sad and she obviously needed something so badly, you know. Um, that, that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, I remember my mom was the president of the Orange County Embroidery Guild and she was looking for a place to have the national ch- the national uh, conference and <laughs> the Queen Mary wanted to do it there. So she went and did a walkthrough of the Queen Mary and they you know, they gave her the tour and they bought her dinner, and she said, "I I can't ever go on that boat again because it feels like a hospital." Now, weirdly enough, my mom had gone to Europe in the forties after the World War II on the Queen Mary, but that was that was after. I mean, that was right after it had used as a hospital ship. It was before it sat there in the water all that time. And just accumulated ghosts. She's like, I can't in my in good contest bring 150 ladies onto this ship when it's just nothing but ghosts. But maybe everybody wouldn't have felt that. I mean, I don't know if you I don't know if you guys have stayed at the Queen Mary, but that was one of the most haunted weekends of my life.
2: Oh my gosh! I mean, I went and took the like ghost tour there when I was 12, but that was a different time for me. <laughs>
1: Amanda's been there. Yeah, I went um, not that long ago, actually, and I went with some friends who had rented out the entire ship for the night, so we had,
0: oh wow. we were there alone,
1: which was pretty, I feel like, made it a little more terrifying, because every spirit that was there was like, oh, well, we've got five people here, and they're our target, so they definitely, very, very <laughs> active for us. <laughs>
0: Oh, God, that's hysterical. Um, uh, (laughs) When I go to the Queen Mary, and, you know, people keep doing things there, so I have to keep going. And I really do love her, even though I find her to be terrifying, and I I have to guard myself. So when I go to the Queen Mary, there's a place, like, right by the valet where you can take the stairs up. It's like a tent almost with a staircase in it. And if you take it up, it puts you, like, on B-deck. So I go into the ship low on B deck and there's like a little love seat there right inside the entranceway. And I sit on that love seat and I go, okay, guys, I'm here and we're all going to be nice, right? I'm going to be nice and you're going to be nice. And I just sort of let them all know and get used to them before I go up onto, you know, the deck where the, um, the hotel check-in is and the promenade and the, the top deck and all the places that are super scary. I give them some some warning and have them get used to me, and I get used to them. And I don't think it's a bad idea. If you're nervous about being in a haunted place, just tip your toe in a little bit, like go to the Newland house, sit on the porch. There's a lovely little bench there. Sit on the porch and just have a little convo with everybody about how we're all going to play nice. Because unless you're dealing with a super, super dark energy, that kind of nice little discussion beforehand really helps, right? What, What do you guys do um Maddie, what do you becky what do you do to prepare before you go in to a paranormal,
2: place?
0: To a paranormal place? oh my gosh i mean i honestly
2: don't really do anything and that's i, guess, I think that's i think there's been like affecting like uh, we've noticed recently that i feel like the spirits have been like affecting me more like when we go places and so sure. I need to start doing something, but I, like, just don't know what to do, and I'm not an assertive person. <laughs> like, Amanda can be like, all right, listen up, everyone. This is how it's going to go down. Like, no touching, no doing this. And I'm just, like, not assertive. So, I'll be like, hey, like everyone, please don't do this. But it just, like, doesn't work out for me. So I need to
0: figure <laughs> out a way where I can
2: protect myself, I think. Yeah.
0: I think it's very yeah. important that you, yeah, <laughs> learn to protect yourself. I mean, I wear so many, so many symbols around my neck. I have, like, a gold charm bracelet, necklace that I wear that lands right on my solar plexus, and I wear it all the time. I mean, unless I'm, like, in the hospital and they make me take it off, I wear it. But I still, I do protection like, prayers. I have conversations. I mean, you don't have to get, like, psychotic about it to the point where you're so stressed yeah. out about it and then that's new stress. But it's not a bad idea to just say, okay, everybody, it's Gina I'm back. <laughs> and uh, let's yeah. you not, you know, I don't want, to, I don't want any creepy little dolls to talk to me. And I don't want any, you know, dead children to show themselves to me with their little black eyes. Like, I don't need to see any of that. <sighs> so let's not do that. It's
1: right. funny because so many people I I like these are
0: paranormal. Movies. Movies. I'm sorry? Oh, no, go ahead. I have so many people I know that are paranormal investigators. They're, like, dying to go in places and see all this stuff. And I'm, like, sometimes I'm dying to go in a place and see
1: less. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. I feel like the more respectful you go into it, because a lot of the places when you're going and investigating, like, the Newland house is in our space. Like, it's Mrs. Newland's home, you know? So yeah. Yeah. that's why when we went there, we brought her, like, a little gift. We brought her some uh, taco-covered peanuts, like something from her time period that we thought she would have enjoyed. But the more respectful that you go into it, and if you enter their space, like, even knock on their door, you know? Like, hey, I'm here. Uh, my my name's Amanda. Like, if you introduce yourself and um, – like I always go with, I know this is your space. Like I'm just stopping in for a little while, just visiting. We love to open a line of communication with anything positive. So I think setting your intention is also super important and just being kind.
0: I, I agree. I agree 100%. I think that's so important. And also when you guys went in, you had um, Daryl Rivers with you, who's like my spirit nephew. His mom is like my sister and They've been in charge of that place since her mom was in charge of it, so it's a it's a family thing. They take care of that place. Um, it's a whole different energy than if you're going in with somebody who's like, "All hey, right, so, uh, hey, Newland family, I'm going to kick you in the ass," and and I, I'm just not a fan of that. Look, like, I have friends that have been on all the different paranormal shows, and I know people on those shows, many of them to varying degrees, and I can tell you, there's a there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. And if you're going to walk into a location and ask a spirit to punch you in the face or you're going to lay on a pentagram and ask something to possess you, then if your life is jacked up for the next 10 years, man, you ask for it. Because spirits aren't playing yeah. and they're not totally. bound by the physicality that our biology makes us weaker than spirits because we feel pain, we get sick, we die. We have emotions. We cry. They don't have to deal with any of that because they're free of all of that. So if you want to get in an, an angry or, or a dark or a negative spirit's face and go, I'm going to kick you in the ass, you little pussy, um, okay. People say, oh, ghosts can't hurt you. Well, they can throw you down the stairs and they can throw you out a window and they can hit you in the face with a cabinet. I mean, there are things they can do. They can push you under the water. I mean, they're not going to like shoot you with a gun or stab you with a knife. But people have been hurt by spirits. My mom was hurt by a ghost, and she. But she did yell at yeah, the ghost, definitely- and I think it was. Disgusting. She was a tough Irish chick who grew up during the Depression. And when a spirit was messing with her daughter, she yelled at it, and it fed on that negativity. And then one day, it it threw a dishwasher door into her kneecap and knocked it off. And then when she came home from the knee surgery, it threw her cr- crutch across the room and landed on the, the incision and opened it again. So oh you my don't God. want to mess oh my with gosh. that when just to yourself. Yeah, that thing beat the heck out of her. And it, But she kept yelling at it. Get out of my house, you effing ferret!" You know what I mean? Okay. Oh, she didn't yeah. know. But now... Now we know enough about it to know that's not how you deal with it. But these people that go in just to, like, I'm going to incite, all right, well, okay. It's kind of the equivalent of buying some, like, giant pickup truck, taking the muffler off it, and just riding up and down the street, like, annoying people and cutting people off. I mean, I don't know why you'd want to go into a location and act like that, but I'm sorry, man. If, If spirits follow you home and ruin your life, I warned you. You know? Yeah. And we've definitely fil- filmed,
2: like, a couple locations with some people that, like, are definitely, like, more aggressive towards spirits. And me and Amanda are always just, like, oh, <laughs> like,
0: no. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. We're not with them. <laughs> exactly. Please don't possess us.
2: We're not with them.
0: It literally.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, if she said that, not me.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Is there is there a place, Mackie, that you're you actually would never go because it's too horrifying?
2: Um, like in the entire world.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Is there a place where you're like, I will never set foot in that building or graveyard or whatever it is?
2: Hmm. I. Honestly don't think so. I think I'll pretty much go anywhere. If I get there and I step in and it's not for me, I'll step out but I think I'd try everywhere just because learning all this stuff. I feel like I do know my limits and if it ever did get bad I know that I'm able to leave. So Yeah. Tomorrow Something
1: comes
0: to mind a specific place, but I don't think Amanda, so. how about you? Is there any place that you are like, no, I, I like hearing stories about it, but not for me?
1: You know what? I was gonna say no, but um, thinking about it, about a year ago, I went to the Conjuring House. Like you bringing up Angela Karen, made me think of it. Sure. And it it was definitely intense. Uh, we stayed there from around six p.m. until six a.m. I think that the basement definitely got to me. It was the hardest place that in my childhood home for me to be in. So I definitely would go back to the conjuring house, but it might take a little bit of convincing. I'd be a little bit wary to go back into that basement. Yeah.
0: I don't have any urge to go back to my childhood home. That's probably the only place. Um, I know I'm going to wind up the Conjuring home just because Andrea and I are such good friends. I know I'll wind up there. I know she'll drag me there. Um, I, uh, so I'll do it. But I'll tell you an interesting story. When I, My mom is from Louisville, Kentucky, and um, she was adopted, orphaned, and then in the orphanage and then adopted by the folks I knew as my grandparents who raised her in upstate New York. So I had never really spent a lot of time in Louisville. I went out there in 2013 to um, do some of the moderating of the Q&As for Mid-South Paranormal. And um, the guy who put the convention on, Keith Age, he's the head of the Louisville Ghost Hunters, he was nice enough to give me the hotel for a couple extra days so I could take some time and and get to know my family better and find out some things about my family that I didn't know because I don't know a whole lot about them. So the last day, the Monday, the last day, I was going to go to Waverly Hills and just kind of show up there and see what I could see because the people who owned it had the same last name as my mother's birth name. The night before, 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up. And I sleep with a nightlight on or a light on or a TV on in every hotel room because when you grow up in an active haunted house, you don't sleep in the dark. And um, I woke up and there was this, like, super tall, dark figure at the end of my bed. And, um, it was kind of cloaked and it just said, you don't need to go to Waverly Hills tomorrow. You've, you've had a positive trip and that's a lot of negativity. And what you should do is you should take, like Keith told you, take Bardstown Road into Irish Town and go find out something about your family. So, you know, I've learned to listen to spirit and to listen to spirit. So I did it. I, um, I didn't go and I. I didn't know where I was going. I took the street the hotel was on till I saw a sign that said Bardstown Road. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll turn this way and head into downtown Louisville. Wound up driving through Irish Town. You can tell because there's lots of pubs. Then I found the, an Irish gift shop. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to get, you know, matching Celtic crosses for my mom and me because she'd been wanting one. And I did. They had a little gold one the size for my necklace. And they had a big silver one because at that time my mom was into big silver jewelry. So the lady who owns the place starts talking to me. She's from Dublin. Turns out her husband was from Louisville. They met when he was in the service in Ireland. His mother worked at the same factory as my grandmother who died young at the exact same time. She gave me the whole history of that factory, how it was the first place in Louisville to hire Irish women so they didn't have to be maids and how what a big deal it was. Had I not gone there and learned all of that, I wouldn't have learned all that stuff about my family. And then later, a couple of years or four years later, I went back to an event that was, was at Waverly Hills, and I went. But when a spirit tells me, don't, I listen, and I don't. And that wasn't the right time, and so I waited till it was the right time. That's crazy. So you don't want to force yourself. You... Um,
1: uh-huh. Oh, um, I was going to ask, because it's kind of on the same subject, but do you ever find that spirits from a place that you might be going to soon? Like you already know you're going there, um, but you've never been before. Do you ever find that a spirit from that place comes and visits you before you head there?
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I said to a friend of mine who was a demonologist once, do they know you're coming? And she said, oh, my God, yeah. You don't know how many times I'm driving to a location and a tire blows out or the starter quits, or the engine just the battery dies. She said, literally, I'll be two blocks from the house and a tire will blow out. So demonology, wow. man, that's a lot, oh a lot to take on. That work. That's a whole different kind of personality. I don't know, I don't know if that's for empath, but I sure admire what they do. <laughs> we are we have totally blown through our hour and we're out of time. You two are great. Will you come back and do this again? I would love it.
1: Oh, of Anytime. course. Thank you so much. We had such a good time meeting you in the Newland house and getting to come on and talk to you for this another hour. Thank you so much. I have one question. My question. Yes. Would you ever be
2: willing to join us on an investigation?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, awesome. Absolutely. Like
2: That's
0: so quick. much I fun. People... And I'd love to do one of your feeds, too. We'll do a live. I'd love it. Where can people find you online? They're about to cut me off here.
1: You guys, uh, you, can find, oh, you guys can find us on YouTube. Our channel is called Mackie, M-A-C-K-I-E, and Amanda.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much both for being here. I'm Sheena Metal. You can find me at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com and everywhere on social media at Sheena Metal. Until I see you next time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, Always raise your vibration and remember that you are loved and you are loved. I'll see you next Wednesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time. I'm Sheena Metal. This is Haunted Playground on the Live Paranormal Channel and iHeartRadio.com.